because every now and then people will be like, why didn't you do comedy? Why didn't you do more of this kind of stuff? To me, it, it, it doesn't let me get that sadness, you know, out of me, that, that loneliness. It just sort of abates it where I think like music is this wonderful way it actually exhumes, it comes out. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad. And the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God. And everyone else. From Love That Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. 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 To the Cast. Hey, welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram, and this season is all about the Enneagram at work. And today, we come to the end of the head triad with Type 7, The Enthusiast. We're going to be looking at some of the ways that sevens relate and operate in a work setting and how sevens can bring their true self to the workplace. And we'll also have some tips for how to get along with a Type 7 coworker. So if you have a coworker who's a 7, make sure you stick around for those. All right, Lindsay, where do we start? Well, to look at the 7s at work, we'll be using the five truths about work that we looked at in episode 46. So as a reminder, those five things are work starts with God, work is good, work serves a greater purpose, work is not the way it should be, and work is redeemed through the gospel. Okay, so in light of that, let's dive into Type 7, The Enthusiast at Work. So the first truth in talking about work is that, number one, work starts with God. And here's what that means. All the types reflect a certain aspect of God's character, and sevens specifically reflect God's joy and God's abundance. In many ways, in the scriptures, when Jesus tells us that we are to be like little children, sevens bring that forward into life. Mm. Sevens did not abandon their inner child like the rest of us did. And sevens bring that wonder, that enthusiasm, the belief in possibility, Mm -hmm. uh, all of that into their workplace. They bring a lot of optimism and energy into their work environments. And this reflection is part of what we call our true self. And it can show itself in lots of different ways. And that naturally leads us to truth number two, which is that work is good. God created work as a good thing, and we can see that he also created sevens as a good thing, complete and whole in their true self. And when sevens are healthy, they reflect this goodness at work. So let's talk about some of the good things a seven can bring to their workplace. They bring energy and optimism. Sevens are super fun to be around in the workplace because... They're always, you know, kind of hyped up. They're hilarious. They're funny. They're just can do. We can do it. I believe in you. You know, they just bring all that positivity. Yeah, they they can take like the most mundane work environment and turn it into an adventure. Yes. You know, and it's just a lot of fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they're a fountain of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, their brains are moving so fast mm-hmm. through so many different ideas and topics. So when there's a brainstorming session or there's a way to improve the company, they often bring all these great ideas to the table that mm-hmm. other folks just would not have thought of. Yeah, very creative ideas. They also like to celebrate even the small things, and that can be excellent to create 
trust and, you know, safety and loyalty that all the other numbers of the Enneagram need because they're constantly wanting to celebrate goals, wanting to celebrate birthdays. You know, they just want to have a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, they're really friendly. Sevens can like make friends with anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get along with everybody. Everybody often describes a seven as like, they're like one of my closest friends. And like <laughs> sevens just are just really, really friendship oriented and friendly people. Mm-hmm. I think about a friend of mine who is a type seven. He's a business owner. He's got a ton of employees, a really large company, a lot of money on the table. Mm-hmm. And he delegates all of the details to his staff Mm -hmm. because sevens can sometimes really struggle with details. But he is like a big picture guy. Like he is like, here's the direction this company could go. Mm -hmm. Here are the possibilities that could come with it. But he's also lived long enough to have been burned by some bad business deals. Mm -hmm. So he's got this sobriety about him where it's really grounded, where he does look at Facts, figures, outcomes, it can't all just be positive energy all the time. What that does is that allows him to bring the best of the enthusiasm to his company, Mm -hmm. but it also allows him to bring the real world to the company as well so that it's not just pie-in-the-sky dreams all the time. Right. So work starts with God. Work is good. And let's move to number three, which is that work serves a greater purpose. And that purpose is relationships. All of life is relational. So even if you're hoping to make your workplace a mission field to spread the gospel, it has to start with building relationships. Yeah. And a common relationship often seen in the workplace is that of a supervisor and supervisees. So let's talk about how a seven might relate to that relational dynamic. In sevens, they tend to prefer... Neither. Uh, Sevens are likely to not pay attention to hierarchies or authority change in general. One, because they want an even playing field for everyone to be friends and to be community together and just to experience things together. And two, because they prefer influence through camaraderie. Mm. Uh, That's really just how they connect and how they get things done. Right. So even though they may ignore leadership structures, sevens actually make great leaders. They're inspiring and encouraging. They like to create a fun atmosphere, and they probably won't micromanage you. And like you said, they want to influence through camaraderie. So even when they're the supervisor, they're likely to treat all of their coworkers as equals. Yeah. So the first three truths are work starts with God, work is good, and work serves a greater purpose. Right. And all those truths show us that the sevens have so many good qualities that they bring to the work environment. That's true. But anyone who has been born on this earth knows work isn't always this good or ideal, which brings us to truth number four. Work is not the way it should be. So because of sin, everything is affected by brokenness, including our work. And for sevens, that means that not only can they bring their true self to work, but their false self also tags along with them. And a lot of the false self for the seven comes out in the form of their deadly sin, which is gluttony, or their idol, which is pleasure. So let's talk about some specific ways that this sin, this false self, shows up at work for a seven. So first, 
they can become scattered. A lot of sevens talk about having monkey mind, this idea that their brains bounce from subject to subject without Mm -hmm. ever completing the last thought with any totality. So they're just moving around all the time, especially if they perceive that a subject has become boring or that there are too many facts or details being shared. They are on to the next thing in their search for fun and pleasure. Yes. They can also spin every situation to sound positive. So they might even turn serious things or upsetting things into something really lighthearted or make a joke and be funny. They just want to break that tension. Yeah. 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 I knew a seven who, for some reason, went into accounting. I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, And um, yeah, there was a time where they really messed up the books. And when they were confronted about it, they were like, oh, it's not that big a deal. We'll just do this, this and this. Mm. But it was a big deal. There was a serious outcome as a result of that. But the seven was putting that positive spin on Mm -hmm. it. And uh, it didn't work out in the seven's favor in that scenario. Also, they can buck against limits and really have a hard time being told no. In fact, I know one seven who said that they cannot remember ever being told no by a spouse or a supervisor. <laughs> I'm not sure that they were never told no That's or they just don't just remember thinking. never being yeah. told no. Yeah. It's like that doesn't mean they weren't told no. They've just deleted it from yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Limits can be very hard for the seven. They just get confused where the boundaries are. Yeah. They can also really overbook themselves, which can lead to them being late or unreliable because they are sort of looking for that best thing. Mm -hmm. If something else is going to be more fun, they might shirk some of their other duties or show up late or not show up at all because they just found something else that was a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Another way that we see the false self manifest at work is through our stress arrow. And work can be really stressful. So when a seven gets stressed, they can actually move into the one space. So, Lindsay, what does that look like? So when sevens go to the one space, they just become really awesome, good people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh uh Okay, just kidding. So when sevens go to the one space, they can become really controlling. And they really want to dominate and micromanage. And they can really criticize and become nitpicky. Demanding. Yeah, which can be really confusing after being like Peter Pan is your boss. And then all of a sudden, they're coming down hard and really, yeah, being demanding and critical. But they can use that one energy, pick up those one tools to get themselves to a healthier place. So for sevens, if they're scattered, monkey brain, they can take on some of the one strengths, which is organization, very intentional doing. Mm -hmm. So ones often have a plan and they are working the steps to get that plan accomplished. And sevens can really benefit from that organization, time management, you know, just being more focused and controlled. Yeah. And moving to a mindset that's not about how can we make this more enjoyable, but Mm -hmm. how can we do this well and bring good into the world? Mm -hmm. So the orientation becomes not so much around pleasure, but it becomes around doing good in Mm -hmm. a practical way that benefits everybody. So if you want to know more about stress and how to handle it well, go back and listen to episode number 42, which is all about the Enneagram and stress. So far, we have seen that work starts with God, work is good, It serves a greater purpose, but it isn't the way it's supposed to be. So the question is, how do we get back to the original design that God created? Well, the answer is in the fifth and final truth, which is work is redeemed through the gospel. 
So each type has a particular message that God speaks to them. It's a message of both forgiveness and healing. And we talked about this at length in season three. But the message that God speaks to the seven is you will be taken care of. So Matthew 6, 26 and 30 says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? When the seven learns to hear and accept this message that you will be taken care of, it frees them to grow into their virtue and step back into their true self in Christ. Yeah. You know, a lot of Enneagram teachers teach that the virtue is what changes us. But we would say that it's Jesus and the gospel that brings change and renewal. And the virtue is simply the outward fruit of that inward change. It's a part of our discipleship as Christians. And the virtue that the seven begins to display is sobriety. So the question is, how can the sevens bring that sobriety into their workplace? And that brings us to the final segment, which is tips for types. So these first four tips are for the type seven at work. Number one, lean into your growth arrow, and that is the five. So fives kind of embody that sobriety feeling. You know, they are thinkers, they're planners, they're measured, they're really contained within themselves. And so a seven doesn't have to become a five, but they can bring some of those tools to help them in that virtue of sobriety. Yeah, if I think through things, mm-hmm. they're not very reactive, mm-hmm. so they're patient in their responses. Um, they're prepared when things are coming up. Steady. Yeah. Number two, implement a timer system. Um, I actually do this myself. I have a ton of seven in my personality. I have ADD. Very often, I set timers, and that helps me focus. So I know that I'm going to sprint for 30 or 45 minutes and stay on the one task and not go to anything else. And then uh, when you get done, your timer goes off, take a short break. Mm -hmm. Don't take, if you work 30 minutes, don't take a 30-minute break. That's crazy town. But you know, give yourself a short reprieve and then dive back in. Refill your coffee. Yeah. Do a push up. Number three, delegate the details. So you can be aware that you won't do well with details and minutia. And so you can delegate when a project reaches that stage. And then you can thank and appreciate those who are detail oriented because your plans would not become a reality without them. Yeah. Sevens that really succeed in life typically have detailed people that mm-hmm. surround them. Now, the seven still is responsible for growing in their gifts. And, yes. you know, you need to utilize to-do lists and, you know, the task stuff on your iPhone, like mm-hmm. utilize apps to help you stay organized. But recognize, yeah, you're, you're probably going to need some assistance just naturally. Yeah. Tip number four, flip your view of critique. Rather than you seeing critique as a terrible thing that needs to be avoided, that it's destroying your pleasure, that it's such a painful thing, see it as a really helpful and necessary part of the process. You know, if no one ever critiques your work or points out your flaws that are in your plans, there's no possible way that you can really excel and become the best worker that you can be. So invite people in to bring healthy critique while also asking them to give positive feedback, too. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so those are some tips for the seven. But as we know, relationships go both ways. So if you're not a seven, but you have a type seven coworker, here are four tips to help you relate to sevens. Number one, be gentle with the criticism. So like Jesse just said, you know, we want sevens to flip their view of critique, but we can also be aware that sevens don't like negativity. They don't really like to look at things from a critical point of view. So be gentle, bring correction, bring good ideas of ways to improve, but also be free with acknowledging the good things and seeing their strengths and giving them positive feedback as well. Yeah, you know, sevens are the most sensitive to pain of any of the Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. So when a seven even perceives certain levels of criticism, it will emotionally activate them because they're just very sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. So go in knowing that if you clobber a seven, it's going to be a really challenging conversation for them. Uh, Number two, join them in something fun. Sevens love to go on adventures and they love to bring people on adventures. So if a seven's getting into some, you know, crazy fun thing around the office or even outside, join them in it because sevens will go deep with you after you've had an adventure together. But you need to have that experience together first. Mm -hmm. Number three, give them as much freedom as possible. Don't micromanage them. If there is a rule that is unnecessarily constraining or doesn't have any consequence, Give them permission to ignore it. They do not need extra hoops to jump through or rules because it will actually just activate their desire to break the rules. Yeah, yeah. Tip number four, gently encourage them to face their problems. Affirm them a ton, look them in the eye, and then very gently begin to point them at underlying issues that Mm -hmm. may be contributing to stuff that's going on in the work environment. If they are not fulfilling deadlines, their coworkers are not seeing them as reliable, gently tell them, you're beginning to build a reputation here that I know you don't want, Mm -hmm. and I want to help you with that. Yeah. Okay, so those are our tips for type 7. When we come back, we'll be talking with musician Dave Barnes. Stay with us. Hey listeners, it's Anna, media editor. Here at Love Thy Neighborhood, we partner directly with local nonprofits right here in Louisville. Over the past seven years, our interns have provided over 130,000 work hours, free of charge to local ministries. I recently went to ReCenter, one of our service site partners, who provides care and help for people experiencing homelessness. And I talked with Alexa Graham. Currently the director of community relations here at ReCenter Ministries. Alexa told me about one of our past interns who, through serving at ReCenter, was able to gain a lot of job experience and clarity for the future. To see her grow and thrive in like a small context community, then to a very large city, to school. So it's cool to just see like her internship here be a small part of a bigger plan that God had her on. If you're a young adult looking for an internship where social action and Christian community meet, check out our website at lovethyneighborhood.org. Again, that's lovethyneighborhood.org. Hey, welcome back to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Our guest today is Dave Barnes. Dave is a singer-songwriter whose music is described as soulful pop. One of his most famous songs is called God Gave Me You, which went on to earn him a Grammy nomination. To date, he's released 10 albums. His latest is called Dreaming and Electric Blue. He also hosts two podcasts, Dadville and Dave's Five Hot Takes. 
He lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife and three kids, and he is a seven on the Enneagram. Welcome to the show, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, he's already laughing. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so let's start here. What's your job? And specifically, talk to us a little bit about your work environment. Yeah, well, you know, these days, um, I had a friend of mine years ago, and she just sort of like, call, she shot called this like 15 years ago. She's like, you know, I think the music industry is really heading toward more of slashers. So everybody becomes a slasher, which sounds very terrifying. But but what she meant is like singer slash songwriter slash podcast slash mm, comedy yeah. slash, you know, and, and that really is what I do more these days is sort of this weird amalgamation of of things that that I really love because it's pretty tailor-made to my skill sets. Um, or at least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> I put skill set in air quotes if you could could have seen that. So, you know, I, I, I predominantly sing and songwrite. You know, I have my artist career and then I write songs for other people too. But now, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I have two podcasts and um, I do stand-up. So it's just a lot of things, you know, it's, it's, it's all sort of creative in nature. Man, you're really taking that gig economy thing to new heights. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, were there specific things from today's teaching that resonated with you? Uh, is all uh, <laughs> option that I can check? No, you, you guys really nailed it. One of the reasons I got really into the Enneagram probably 12 years ago was because, you know, Annie and I, my wife and I would get into these fights. I don't know if y'all have been in this with a friend or a spouse, but you're in the middle of a fight and you're both like, how do we get here? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't even remember sort of how you got in or why you're both so mad. And my wife is an eight. Now you're both going, well, I can tell you why you got in a fight. Um, <laughs> I'm going to quickly digress. And I'm going to, but another thing you nailed, it's I am extremely sensitive to pain. For as much as I know about this stuff, which I know like a, a decent amount, I'm not where you guys are, but... I've never heard that. And when you said that, it like reverberated all the way through my soul of like, gosh, I am very sensitive to pain. Mm. And it's interesting being married to an eight because, you know, she is not. She is very much the opposite. They're like, bring on the pain. Yes. She's like, this is when the party starts, man. We, You know, when I start bleeding, it's like, well, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm obviously not like that. But one of the reasons we both got into it is because we get in these spats and it was like, what are we doing? And a friend of mine, he was like, you need to check out this personality typing and I read it and it just blew my mind. Annie, my wife, it was like so eye-opening to both of us, mainly around this conflict area. And then it sort of, as we learn more about it, branched out into learning more about our ourselves. But one of the first things that I read that really resonated and made me laugh was how much sevens don't like to be the boss, but they also don't like to be bossed because we want everybody to be equal because then everybody's sort of on the same footing. Nobody's a boss, but nobody's beneath you either. So it's like this weird sort of like non, it doesn't actually work <laughs> in most contexts, you know, like uh, occupationally, obviously, because somebody has to be the boss, but, you know, an influence through camaraderie, that's so true. Again, that's kind of a communal thing and even footing. I'm trying to influence you in a peer-to-peer -peer way. Mm. Yeah. How do you see your true self show up at work? You know, where do you see your strengths really coming out? You know, what do you feel like you really bring to the table in terms of the work that you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. True self for me in work is in work for me is a few things. So if that's when I'm with my guys on the road and the band, keeping it really fun and joking and laughing, you know, I think is something I really enjoy that I think my, you know, my band members who are dear friends of mine, we we just have so much fun. Like we laugh so much on the road. I think keeping things kind of light because, you know, parts of this job, especially traveling, you just get, you know, it gets annoying. And, and I think trying to have some sense of 
of fun and, and that not becoming too heavy uh, is really helpful. You know, as far as creating and writing music, you know, the speed of a seven's brain is very advantageous for the most part, because, you know, I think our speed almost makes us sort of like supernatural problem solvers because we just move so quickly. Um, now, yeah. obviously, you can get tripped up and that can get really, really bad. But I feel like, you know, c creativity is fun to do with the way my brain works because it, it's just so, it's moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit that work is not the way it should be and that it gets frustrating and sometimes it fails. Can you give us an example of when your false self maybe showed up at work and created some sort of failure? Well, let, let's don't call it failures. <laughs> let's call it something. I'm kidding. Um, to me, knowing when to give things a break, you know, when, knowing when like I'm in the middle of creating, like right now I'm writing a song and I'm in a really tricky space in the song where I'm like, this thing could probably use it, uh, me not to mess with it for the next few hours. Mm. But there's also a part of me that's like, yeah, but you know, we're already sitting here and it would feel really good to feel productive at the end of the day. So I think that is tricky slowing down just just you know speed is paramount to me in almost everything i just like going i like not having to sit and think about things especially if it's mildly painful some of the fall that iterates in my spirit you know the effects of the fall is just not wanting to to take my time you know mm -hmm. to just where the energy is so am i you know it's like follow that sort of like thing that's buzzing and cool and exciting and I'm thankful for age and maturity because I can tell now, like, no, it's, I mean, I had a song yesterday and I just knew I was like, I got to get away from this. And, and I'm old enough now to be like, this doesn't feel good right now, but it's the better move. And it was, I sat down this morning and I had so much more clarity about it. Just growing up enough to know those kind of, like you said, your sort of shadow selves of the, of the negative parts of you that are like, man, if I, if I give this guy free reign, it's just going to be like, everything's going to be sort of like half done, but it'll be done, but just not the greatest it could be. I'll say this too. I think one of the biggest lessons I'm learning in my 40s is the value of real intense editing, mm -hmm. you know, like really being hard on myself, letting some of that one peek its head a little more to be like, hey, is this the best you got? Like, are you really sure you love this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's well, really good? It's like, no, no, stop. Like, are you super proud of this? Do you feel like there's anything that could be better? And for years, that wasn't even a voice. Like, it was like, I didn't even think about that. Um, and I think the older I've gotten, it's like, no, there's so much value to proof checking, to really letting something breathe for a week and coming back to it and listening with fresh ears to go, oh, I don't like that bridge as much as I thought I did. Yeah, in fact, yeah. I don't like it at all, you know, and not being scared of not knowing what to do or the pain that sort of comes with moments that you sort of just sit going, I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I think that one of the things with sevens is that sevens feel a lot of pressure to be the generators. I'm going to generate excitement. I'm going to generate joy. I'm going to generate the things that I need. I'm going to generate the stuff that feels most comfortable for me because I'm so scared that no one else is going to generate what it is that, that I really long for right now. We talk about the gospel message being you will be taken care of. You know, In, in what ways do you see yourself applying that message at work or thinking about that message as it applies to your work. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and man, again, why I think the Enneagram is such a helpful tool is it's amazing how much that fear, you know, is sort of always a low level hum in my soul. Like whatever I need, I get it. I do it. And it's just so built into my DNA to sort of like self soothe in whatever ways so that I don't feel that, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. You know, like, 
no one's taking care of me. You know, so I do stand up and I do these, you know, ridiculous videos and all this stuff that I do that sort of humor or whatever you call that. But the reason that I'm always more attracted to music and and because every now and then people will be like, why didn't you do comedy? Why didn't you do more of this kind of stuff? To me, it, it, it doesn't let me get that stuff out. It doesn't let me get that sadness, you know, out of me, that that loneliness. It just sort of abates it where I think like, Music is this wonderful way it actually exhumes, it comes out because it's in there and it's in all of us, you know, I mean, every number, every person has that it's innate to being a human. But I think for me, that's why music is always just so amazing is because you can do so many things with it. It's got a chance to be fun and happy and dancey, but profoundly sad and heavy and um, helpful in those things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just always been more interesting to me than 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 comedy because of that for for my personality, you know. Mm-hmm. So one way that we talked about sevens can live into sobriety through their growth arrow, which is the five. How do you live into your growth arrow at work? You know, one really simple application for me. I mean, another thing I love about the Enneagram is I feel like any time that I spend in the Word and with the Lord, I'm such a five. Like I get done, I'm so slow. Like, look at the sky. Mm. Look at those clouds. Is there a deeper blue? <laughs> these clouds. You know, I can feel, I laugh with my friends. Like I start texting people encouragement like crazy. Like my friends know when I've spent time with the Lord because I'm just like pinging people with like, dude, thinking about you today. How are you doing this morning? Hey, hey. <laughs> because I'm slowed down, you know, like the Lord just sort of like puts the governor on my spirit, you know, when I'm <laughs> and I see, you know, that five just becomes so apparent in my mm. spirit when I've slowed it down. So one thing that helps me a lot, and I heard someone say, I thought this was very articulate when you think about time with the Lord, especially in the morning, is that it's believing the right thing, you mm. know, starting the day, believing the right thing, having the Lord remind you of what's true. So that throughout the day, you believe the truth, which sounds really simple, but for me, it was kind of paradigm shifting because it was like, oh, yeah, it's not just about praying, and it, but it's knowing this is what's true. And the rest of the day, I'm going to I'm going to be tempted to believe what's not. But if you start the day that way, it's like, you know, your trajectory is kind of set a little more than not. And for me, that's really important, because if I don't, man, I hit the ground just sprinting, which is really fun and I enjoy. But it gets me in trouble because, you know, I, I can get done with a day where I haven't been still. Like, I think just sit your butt in the chair and do not get up for 20 minutes. Like, I know you feel like but I could j- just like sit there and pray, read, <laughs> and it really changes the day, which is great energy. Some, you know, some and maybe most of the time, but that ever sort of like tiger in my chest, that's just like clawing to go and go and just speed and whatever it is, just moving, you know? And so I think that's been a way that that's been really helpful to me, you know, in my work setting is to is just pace, you know, to slow things down. And it's it's so helpful, you know. Okay, well, listen, we've asked you enough serious questions and I think it's now time (laughs) to see the unbridled pure seven part of who you are. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, stay with us, because when we come back, we will be playing trial by trolley with Dave Barnes. Stay with us. On today's episode of the Enneacast, we're exploring type seven, the enthusiast at work. And the gospel message for sevens is that you will be taken care of. Trusting that your needs will be met can be difficult, especially when it comes to finances. To hear stories of people trusting God with financial need, check out our other podcast, the Love Thy Neighborhood podcast. And specifically, check out episode number 23, where the gospel meets student loan debt. 
student debt, it wasn't just a hurdle. It, we say it was a mountain. I'm going to have to quit. I'm not a quitter. Higher education isn't underfunded. It's under accountable. If we are to reach the world for Christ, we have to address the issue of student debt. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But we were like, do you guys have any money for that? <laughs> and they said, no, not yet. You can subscribe to the Love That Neighborhood podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, or by heading over to lovethatneighborhood.org slash LTN podcast. That's lovethatneighborhood.org slash LTN podcast. Welcome back to the Unicast, Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. And now it's time for... Trial by Trolley. Our game today is called Trial by Trolley. Here's how it works. Dave, you are on a runaway trolley car and you can't stop it. But you can choose which track it's going to go down. Either my track or Lindsay's. But it's a moral dilemma because sitting on each of our tracks will be one nice thing and one not so nice thing that you will have to run over depending on which track you choose. Oh, this is dark. (laughs) And before you choose, Lindsay and I will get to add on an extra complication to our track, making the decision even harder. So we'll each present you with what's on our track, add the complication, and then you have to choose which one you want to send the trolley down. Whichever track you choose, that person gets a point. But like golf, you want a low score. So the more points you have, that is the worst score. So you want to have as few as possible. So we're going to play three rounds, and whoever has the least amount of points at the end wins. Are you ready to play? Let's do this. Yes. Oh, yeah, you should do, like, the music while we're selecting. Okay, hold on. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) Lindsay, would you like to go first? I love the giggling in the background. (laughs) All right. On my track, there is a working time machine. It's better than a non-working one. Yeah. Yeah. And then also a giant lizard on its way to attack a major city. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. Okay. So Grammy nominated Dave Barnes. (laughs) Uh, He's buttering you up. Yeah, I was going to say. On my track, we have the world's entire supply of coffee beans. Okay. And a creepy clown car containing anywhere from one... To every killer clown. Yeah, this is the easiest decision I've maybe ever made in my life. Okay, and then uh, Lindsay? I have a working time machine and a giant lizard on its way to attack Nashville. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you didn't say that. Well, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that that's part of it, yeah. Okay. Secretly, my time machine is not a time machine. It is a lizard person dressed okay. up like a time machine. That's a lot. That's, so I have two lizards. A lot going on. I have two lizards. A lot of lizard action on you. What, what, what is, what is, can I have questions? How does this work? Yeah, you can ask a question. Okay. You can ask a question and then she will make up the answer. Yes, it'll be does so the great. the lizard person, can they communicate to the lizard? Let me tell you this. Have you read Andrew Peterson's series? Have I? The Wing Feather. Well, you know the Fangs of Dang? Yep. That's what it is. This feels oh, so apocryphal to bad the game. Things on your track. Two really bad things on my track. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Nashville is in imminent danger. Yeah. Then it's going to have to no. be the clown. I no. mean, I, I got to no. I got to kill off the Hold lizard on. track. Wait. Hold on. I didn't even. I didn't even finish. I just got destroyed. I didn't get to finish. Well, okay, go ahead. The wind's out of my sail, but here we go. 
The world, I'm, I'm offering you the world's entire supply of coffee beans and a creepy clown car containing anywhere from one to every killer clown. And all of these clowns steal from the poor and give the money to the rich. <laughs> okay. Uh, that didn't help your case. Much. No, I, know. I know. I mean, I'm thinking of my family here, guys. This is me being a responsible dad, okay? Do clowns scare me? Sure. But is my, li- my, my family's about to be crushed by now a lizard riding on the back of a lizard. Yeah. So <laughs> there's not much of a choice here. Wait, wait, wait. Lens, your track is going down, sister. So you so get a you point. got the point. No. Nope. You got the point. Wait, I want him to go down my track, I thought. No. So you lost that round. That's like when you kick a goal into the other person's goal yeah. in soccer, and your team is Boom. like, go back, goal. and you're like, you had a yes! beautiful, You had a beautiful oh. curler into your own net. Like, you just rocketed the shot. Well, yeah, that the was... Goalie's like, what are you Man, I was... See, this game confuses me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't confuse me, which is why I won that uh, round. No, no. You were already pouting <laughs> in your and chair. And the three comes out. That's because you confused me. <laughs> I'm blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> so if he I picks your track, you and it's golf. Just tell yourself it's golf. Okay. Yeah, you want the least amount of points. I and you want just a got happy a point. track. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. I'm already ready for the next one. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. All right. We are. So we want to kill that person. <laughs> I love it. That's the self talk we're having right now. Okay. So uh, so self, this is the person you want to go ahead and kill. Uh, yeah. Just want to make sure everybody's we on the same page. Self. Yep. We're on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Good. I'm still confused. <laughs> I need a happy track. That's what I'm holding on to. All right, go. Okay. On my track is your very best friend. Oh, man. Yeah. And a pack of alt-right velociraptors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're the worst. They are. The worst of the velociraptors. <laughs> <laughs> on my track is a billionaire about to donate their entire fortune to a charity of your choice. Mm. What charity would that be? That's the Barnes Children's Scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) And also a creepy possessed doll. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I like this one a lot. (laughs) I can't wait for the complications. All right. My complication is that, so your best friend is here and also the alt-right velociraptors, but even if you kill the velociraptors, their ghosts will haunt you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Their ghosts are just like sending you QAnon videos all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) On my track is a billionaire about to donate their entire fortune to the Barnes Children's Fund (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. and also a creepy possessed doll, but the creepy possessed doll is on their honeymoon. (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh i mean Linz, i hate this for you oh seriously? i don't i don't you're gonna keep the say doll it. say it you're gonna kill your best friend and be haunted by oh, the no, 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 no no you're right see i got confused too. no see yeah see jesse i think I, you gotta go down oh because mm. I, I need my best friend i mean i, I need him badly yeah mm. and you so. have ghosts and in, in your time of grief Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he and he can be there when I'm haunted by the Velociraptors. Mm-hmm. To console <laughs> As you. As one is when an alt-right, alt-right Velociraptor dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go okay. first this round. Great. Dave? Yes. Here's what I'm offering you on this track. Okay, I'm listening. On this track is a kitten cuddling with a dog. Okay. Snuggled up with one another. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The lion and the lamb. Also, that's right. <laughs> also on this track 
is the person responsible for removing the headphone jacks from your new phone. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. On my track, I have the very last avocado tree. Oof. Yeah. And a poacher lining up to shoot an African white rhino. Mm. Yeah. I don't like that. Okay. Okay, so let's complicate things a little bit here. Uh, so okay. on, on my track is a kitten cuddling with a dog, and the person responsible for removing the headphone jacks from your new phone. Yeah. But if you avoid my track, they will let you have their yacht if you don't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery. Okay. Oh, man. I have the very last avocado tree. So yep. I just want you to picture no guacamole, mm. no avocado toast. Mm-hmm. All that's gone forever for everyone. And all the hipsters mm-hmm. are crying. Wow, this is getting deep. Okay, and I also have the poacher who's lining up to shoot an African white rhino. But the complication is this poacher will one day invent the perfect clean energy solution. Made out of white rhino bones. <laughs> he will. He will have such an attack of conscience from his killing of white rhinos that he will then dedicate all of his energy What's all this extracurricular additional? Yeah. I just want to no, like the I like the pitch. Here's the sad thing, though. Um, I mean, Lindsay, you just keep getting oh. you're drawing the bad things. Oh, Here's no. the thing: I like, like avocados. avocados. I think they're overhyped. Yeah. And I don't like something dying as much as I hate headphone jacks. Nobody <laughs> dies in process. So, so just to be clear, <laughs> just to be clear, just to rub it in, you'll be running over Lindsay's sad little track, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, when Nashville is in an uproar about avocados, I'm going to send them to you. <laughs> There's not going to be a Nashville if the lizards get here. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want to be clear. I won. Hey, Jesse, just remember to send me that money we talked about. <laughs> right, man. Yeah. Started. yeah, you got it. Uh, it will go toward the scholarship fund for the kids. Yeah. Just know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, and now it's time for listener questions. All right, this question comes from Aubrey Carroll. I've never worked a single job for more than a year. I get bored and I need a change. Does this matter? I will say this. I just read uh, John Mark Comer's Garden City about calling. He, he was talking to a guy in his church who had just moved jobs, and it was a pretty different job. And he asked the guy, like, are you enjoying it? The guy said, I love it. He said, really, it has nothing to do with the last job except that it deals with people, and I just love people. And I thought, what a cool way to think about sort of figuring out what you like to do. Because I think sometimes you can leave a job because you think this is not something that I'm really called to do when you may be, it just may be the version you're doing of that job or how you're thinking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you could leave that job, get another job and be miserable again and keep moving. But I think it's worth doing the deep dive on on sort of what your passions and calling are because um, you may be surprised that it's just you're thinking about it wrongly and that every job you keep going to is going to be the same problem until you realize what it is you actually love. Uh, that can be done in a lot of occupations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here's my initial thought. You can never become great at anything if you are changing that frequently. You mm-hmm. can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. But if you ever want to truly become excellent at something and truly experience it at its full breadth and maturity, that will require commitment. Mm. 
That's good. So changing every now and then, great. Changing every year. And here's the other thing, too, in all honesty, the older you get, that will catch up with you. Yeah. Employers eventually yeah. will say, I'm never going to hire this person because we're going to invest in them, and then they're going to bail on us when they get bored. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this question comes from Chandra Quinn. How can sevens navigate administrative tasks? Oh, my gosh. I'm not crying. It's just allergies. Um, <laughs> if you hear. <laughs> you know what? I'll say this. I think you guys nailed it earlier. And this is how this is how I would think about it. Short chunks. Truthfully, like yeah. I don't enjoy admin. I'd rather be hit in the nose with a Frisbee. I just do not enjoy admin. But if I know I'm going to do it for 10 minutes then I'll do it again this afternoon for 10 minutes. You know, it's much more doable. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you guys were right about, you know, how to sort of encourage sevens in the workplace doing things maybe that they aren't enjoy doing is the idea of like, you know, break it into timer system. And that would be something that I would apply that rule to as a seven myself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two things that come to mind on that are like, it's got to be that carrot and stick model. Mm. It's like, yes, I'm going to do this because I've got this cool reward, you know, at the end. And the reward needs to be, in proportion to the work itself. Like you can't work for 30 <laughs> minutes and then back. like- You can make it whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, at a practical level too, there's a great app called Moment. And what it does is you actually set a timer on your phone uh, for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it works for you. You don't touch your phone for that time. And it grows a tree in a forest, like on your phone. And your goal is to like build a forest over oh, the course cool. of the day. Like oh, you get wow. gamify it. Like it's like fun. And so you get coins and you grow trees. But if you pick up your phone, it's like, it literally warns you, you're about to kill your tree. <gasps> you and so, the tree. Uh, yeah. And so. Uh, and the tree has a picture of your child. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because. I love my tree. <laughs> you know, Dave's okay with killing avocado trees. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with those. Take them down. <laughs> I'm checking Twitter, baby. <laughs> All right. This question comes from Lovely Lizzie, and they are looking for how to gently remind a seven coworker that they need to work instead of socialize. Um, you literally say it to them, but mm. you need to say it. Uh, you either say it in private or you literally, you know, if, if it, there's not a context where you can say it privately, you just say, hey, listen, I've got a ton of work to do today. And so I really need to focus. So I, it's not that I'm ignoring you. I'm interested in what you're saying. I don't have time right now. I think, um, and I may just be speaking for myself, but one of the reasons that I was so attracted and still am to my wife is that she's a truth teller. Mm. Like, and I need that desperately in my life because a lot of times I can charm my way out of it. And so I think there's a more of a propensity in sevens for just the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Jesse, to your point, I think you're right. I think there is... In that moment, you'd have every right to be like, hey, you know, like this sounds, so, you know, sounds like so much fun. But, you know, we got to kind of crank for the next couple hours. Maybe we can talk about it at lunch. I, I think, you know, you might be surprised at how well they might respond to that. Because mm -hmm. you know? I think, too, there's a part of us that this is going to get really deep. But I think um, enjoys being treated like an adult, you know, and, and when you have somebody that kind of goes like, hey, I believe that you're more than that and that you can do this. Like, and it's time to do it. it I think it's it's a powerful Thing to us, yeah. potentially, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't squash the child inside of them, but at the same mm -hmm. time, the kid can't always be the one in charge. That's right. Yeah, That's like right. I know you're a grown up, you're a super fun grown up, but yeah, let's be grown ups right now. Yeah, yeah, right. Well said. Well, Dave, this has been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Thank y'all for having me. This is so great. 
Special thanks to our guest today, Dave Barnes. You can find Dave's music on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to good music. Or if you don't find Dave's original personality interesting enough and you want to follow his other additional <laughs> personalities, head over to his Instagram at Instagram.com slash Dave Barnes Music. Content for today's episode comes from Crosspoint Ministry, Beatrice Chestnut and Kim Eddy. The show is brought to you by Love Thy Neighborhood. Love Thy Neighborhood provides social action internships supported by a Christian community for young adults ages 18 to 30. Serve for a summer or a year and grow in your faith and life skills. Learn more at lovethyneighborhood.org. This episode was edited by Rachel Zabo, Lindsay Lewis, and myself. Rachel is also our media director and producer. Anna Tran is our audio engineer. Music for today's episode comes from Murphy DX. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community. Community.